Good day and welcome to the Cincy Slang and Bearcat Podcast. I'm Coomer, just me for the introduction. Hummer and I just wrapped up a conversation with Damon Sales, the managing editor at the Hill Topics, which is the SMU Rivals website covering all things SMU Mustangs sports. Today we talked about, obviously, the upcoming matchup between the Cincinnati Bearcats, number nine in the country, against the SMU Mustangs, number 16. Huge matchup coming up. No time to waste. Let's get into the conversation with Damon Sales. We are now joined by Damon Sales, managing editor at The Hill Topics, which is the SMU Rivals website covering all things basketball and football. Damon, thank you for joining the Cincy Slang and Bearcat podcast today. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Well, Damon, we're, we're looking forward to having you on today because we are excited about the upcoming matchup the Bearcats have this week against SMU. SMU off to a hot start, 5-0 and this season, ranked now, I think, 16th in the country. Uh, so a big top 25 matchup between the Bearcats and the Mustangs this week. You know, as someone who's maybe watched SMU all season, you've seen every game, seen every play, can you give Hummer and I you know, just a, just a feel for, for how the season has gone so far. They're 5-0. and I imagine it's gone well. But, you know, fill us in on some of the context for what you've seen from the Mustangs this year. Yeah, it's gone pretty well for them so far. You know, they're, they're coming off of a, their first 10-win uh, season last season. Uh, that was the first time, first time they've done that in 35 years. So um, they are very excited about where they are, where they were last year. They're very excited about where they are now. Uh, again, a 5-0 and record. I believe one of only four college football teams uh, with a 5-0 and record, Clemson, uh, BYU, and maybe Liberty. I think that's what that's what the, the, the four teams are. But, um, you know, th- this is a, a team that's playing on a lot of confidence right now. They're winning close games. Uh, they're, they're, they're winning with special teams. And I think that's what, that's what really held them back last year. Uh, you know, that 10 win season could have, could have been 11 or 12 wins, uh, had the special teams, uh, gone in their favor in 2019, but, uh, you know, they're winning games this year. They've got a, they've got a reliable kicker and a graduate transfer. Chris Nagar hit a 34 yarder to win the game against Tulane, uh, on, uh, last Friday. So, um, you know, right now they're just playing with a lot of confidence. Um, they're excited about this game coming up against Cincinnati. I think uh, some of the older guys still remember what happened in 2018 when uh, James Wiggins kind of ruined the day for, for anybody rooting for SMU with an 86-yard interception return uh, for a touchdown in overtime into the game. So, I mean, this is, you know, SMU tries not to talk about that, but you know deep down, some of the older players, they still remember what happened. And, uh, you know, they, they've had this game circled on their calendar for quite some time. That's good, that's good stuff. And, uh, you know, we're happy to have Wiggins back on the field this season. He actually missed all of 2019. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly happy he's available here for the matchup this season. I was going to uh, give kudos there for the, for the 5-0 record, especially given the, the COVID situation the country's facing, the number of games we're seeing postponed. The Bearcats just had their first game. I think their first game postponed this season uh, due to an outbreak. Uh, The Tulsa game got pushed back. 
And now I'm looking at the schedule and it looks like that you guys otherwise would have had an opportunity. Uh, did that TCU matchup get postponed or was it uh, just canceled based on uh, big 12 actions? Yeah, it was uh, actually, well, it's, it's classified uh, quote in quote classified right now as postponed. And uh, it was a COVID issue uh, on the, the TCU campus, but um, you know, there's a very, 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 very good chance that game is not going to be played. So uh, I call it canceled. Uh, you know, some still say it's postponed. I call it canceled. Um, you know, it's just one of those deals where uh, they were, uh, I, I believe, Texas, uh, excuse me, SMU was traveling to Texas State for the season opener. And uh, they found out literally the day before playing Texas State that TCU had a COVID-19 issue and they, uh, they TCU canceled the game. Well, at the time they postponed the game and, you know, it's, you know, I mean, it's kind of just one of those deals with, with this year. I mean, we, we're, we're happy to, to see as many football games as possible uh, in 2020. And we just never know what's going to happen. I mean, you guys, you know, you guys understand how this goes. I mean, we just had a Cincinnati Tulsa game canceled last week and, you know, people were, were wondering if, this uh, battle of top 20 teams is actually going to get off, uh, you know, and, and there's still some people wondering, you know, will, will this, will this thing still happen? I'm hoping that it happens. And, um, you know, the, the SMU staff believes it's going to happen. The Cincinnati staff believes it's going to happen. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm hoping to see a really, really good game on Saturday. But uh, I mean, as we all know, COVID is, uh, you know, COVID has been kind of the, the, the ultimate winner this year, unfortunately. And, Hopefully we can just uh, keep COVID away this Saturday so we can see uh, these two these two big-time AAC teams slug it out. Absolutely. This is a game, you know, if you're looking at the schedule that I think we've both been looking forward to. This is, at, at this point, the biggest game in the season, the biggest game in the season for, for the AAC especially, uh, with potential, you know, playoff aspirations on the line, New Year's Eve bowl games on the line. You know, there's a lot of stake and, you know, for this game to get postponed would be just a huge blow to the conference, especially because, you know, with the, this being the first week in the Big Ten's playing, we've had a lot of eyeballs on the conference. So maybe there's a lot of people invested in what's going on outside of Ohio State and Penn State at this point. You know, so I'm, I'm really excited. I'm really hoping we get this game off. And I'm assuming uh, we're probably going to find out more. I'd imagine Thursday, it's a 72 hour deadline that they when they they have to have their rapid testing done per the NCAA regulation. So I'm assuming that's when we'll find out more, uh, you know, definitive one way or the other, if this game's getting played. Luke. Fickle's, yeah. yeah well, I was going to say Luke fickle came out and spoke today and, and he sounded very confident that a game would happen. He actually sounded bullish on the idea of playing Tulsa last week that the Bearcats largely went, you know, I think positive test free uh, the second half of last week. So I think it sounds like they feel like they have things under control and maybe they were being more cautious uh, than maybe Luke Fickle wanted to be. I'm, I'm, a, I'm in favor of cautious, uh, you know, being cautious at this point. So um, glad things were handled the way they were so that we could get this game off. But in terms of the game this week, let's start off by talking about Shane Bouchelle. SMU's quarterback is off to an incredible start. 12 touchdowns, two interceptions, over 1,700 yards, just slinging it all over the field. When you watch him this year, given what you've seen so far. Do you attribute his performance and this incredible start to just developing and natural growth? Is he taking a leap? Is it comfort with the playbook and the coaching staff? 
what do you really chalk up this hot start to? You know, I, I honestly think it's a little bit of both. You know, um, when we look at when we look at Shane, obviously, uh, this is a season where he wants to uh, he wants to show that he is among the elite quarterbacks. And right now, statistically, you're looking at 1,700 plus yards. You're looking at 12 touchdowns and only two picks in 177 pass attempts. So, I mean, he's getting the job done. Now, when we talk about uh, the system that is, uh, you, you have to look at what Shane's been able to do without his stud receiver. Um, Reggie, Ro uh, Reggie Robertson, uh, wide receiver Reggie, Reggie Robertson, uh, came up with a knee injury uh, during the Memphis game. This is a, I mean, he's arguably the, the best receiver in, in the AAC, one of the best in the country. And it was a huge, huge blow to lose a guy like that. And to to find you know multiple targets against Tulane and to for Bouchel to have three players with 100 receiving yards, 100 plus receiving yards, it speaks volumes on on what he's been able to do. So I mean, just to answer that question, it, it is a little bit of both. It, you know, it's Shane being locked in, uh, making sure that that he is the leader of this offense and making sure that he's doing what he has to do. But at the same time, when you look at just uh, Sonny Dykes' air raid attack and that 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 modified air raid, it, it's built to 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 deliver. It's built to put up numbers uh, like what Shane's doing. Uh, some quarterbacks just aren't as efficient, aren't as prolific, and so you know you have to tip your hat off to uh, to Shane with what he's doing. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think it is a little bit of Shane, but it's it's you also have to give credit to to Sonny and uh, and uh, Garrett Riley. And AJ Ricker, the co-offensive coordinators, they've done an, out, an outstanding job of uh, of uh, making this offense really tick. Well, it seems like the game's going to come down to the the old adage, unstoppable force versus an, or unstoppable force versus an immovable object. I think is the saying, uh, where you've got this high flying SMU offense puts up points with ease, going up against a Bearcats defense that is one of the best in the country, not just the American Athletic. And it's a conference this season that just largely hasn't been playing defense. So it seems like a bit of a unique matchup for the Mustangs this week. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's something I can, uh, you know, scratch off on my list here because I was going to say it. Glad I don't have to say it because I know I would have screwed it up. <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, SMU's offense, uh, a top five, top five national offense uh, in regards to yards per game, over 560 yards per game for these guys. Uh, top seven team in scoring offense, um, right around 42 and a half points. And they're taking on a Cincinnati defense that is that really looks the part right now. Uh, I believe a, a top 10 uh, scoring defense, only averaging, what, 12.3 points a game, something like that, which is, you know, it's unheard of in, in today's college uh, college football. And I believe a top 12 team in total defense, 300 306, 307 yards uh, per contest. So, Again, with, with with how everybody's throwing the football nowadays and just, you know, watching teams just produce uh, uh, yards, move the change, things of that nature, the whole team is right around 300 yards for the game. That That is huge for, for, for the Bearcats. So, yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to find out uh, which – uh, which team has the the better strength, so to speak? SMU's offense is their strength. Cincinnati's defense is theirs. But me personally, I'm looking at – I want to look at 
if, if we're going to call those the strengths, I want to look at the weaknesses. And Cincinnati's offense versus SMU's defense, that to me is going to decide who ultimately wins this game. You know, um, SMU's defense, uh, you know, it's a bend but don't break system. You know, they, they've had some okay games. They've made some plays. They've given up some plays here and there. Uh, played Tulane really well in the first quarter and then just kind of uh, was hit and miss for the last two and a half quarters. So um, that defense is going to have to step up. At the same time, Cincinnati's offense is going to have to put some numbers on the board, put some points on the board. Uh, so uh, to me, that's the X factor. That's that's what's going to ultimately determine uh, the uh, Saturday's matchup. I think you're 100% right. If you're a Cincinnati fan, if you're on our side of the ball, you know, watching this, you don't want to see a shootout. That's that's not what you want to see. If if it's a shootout, Cincinnati, in our my opinion at least, will will struggle to keep up in the long run. But if we're able to limit, you know, limit the scoring on SMU to a, a reasonable amount, while we're able to score a reasonable amount. And and keep that score tight. I think it's it's going to have to be a rock fight. I think the spread's probably appropriate at two and a half. I think you know that's it's going to be a close game, and it, it's going to be. I think the over under is a little. I think it's a little generous. What's the over under at right now? <laughs> is it like fifty seven? Fifty seven and a half. Yeah, yeah. Take the over if you're a betting man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I I mean, we we've seen this this SMU team uh, all season long and. To average 42 and a half a game, 42.6 to be uh, accurate, to average that, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that uh, both teams are going to get to uh, 30 points. Uh, me personally, I'm thinking that both teams are going to get to 30 points, and if they don't, uh, they'll both get to a high a high 20s, which will uh, – it can put you right there at the, at the 57. But I'm, I'm taking it over if, if I'm a betting man in that case. So I did spend some time today listening in on a, on an SMU podcast to get their perspective on, on just so I could go into this a little bit informed. One thing about the Bearcats offense is that, you know, in the off season, a lot of, a lot of the talk was, will Ritter progress to the next level? Uh, he struggled a little bit last season, but a lot of that was attributed to the play of the offensive line. So far this season, we've seen better pass blocking, but arguably worse run blocking. Uh, I think that's up for debate, but I, I haven't been blown away with our run game, and it's historically been something that's been great under Luke Fickle. Is that battle up front, is the defensive line a strength or a weakness for SMU? <laughs> um, I, I, I'm laughing because that answer seems to change each week. You know, <laughs> um, It's a young defensive uh, front three, front four, you know, it's uh, the, you know, Defensive coordinator Kevin Kane, he'll he'll switch up the packages uh, throughout the game, but it's a it's a young front line, so it's a, it's one that that likes to make big plays. I mean, this is this is a team that had two sacks in the the first uh, the first three plays of, of the game against Tulane, and then we don't know what happened after that. It just kind of went south. So it's really hit and miss. So, um, I, I think if if this if this unit is able to get pressure on, on Ritter, obviously it's going to be a, it's going to be a long day for, for, for Cincinnati, but you know, you, you, you mentioned, it. I mean, this is a good pass blocking, pass blocking O-line. Um, I'm not really certain whether or not since he having a questionable uh, run blocking, uh, run blocking package is going to make any difference because 
Tulane ran all over SMU uh, in the last two and a half quarters. So, I mean, um, again, the front seven for SMU can be really, really good. I've seen them really, really good. I've also seen them really, really bad this year. And then I've also seen them make make uh, the classic bend but don't, Blake, but don't break plays. So it really depends on which team shows up. And I hate for that to sound trite, but unfortunately that's just how this, <laughs> that's how this defense is playing. You know, um, the linebackers have been pretty good. Um, uh, you know, you look at guys like, like Delano Robinson and Richard McBride, Trevor Denbo, these three have been really, really good. Uh, but in order for them to be exceptional, that front four has to make plays for SMU. So that's going to be the big question. And uh, if, if Cincinnati can, can control that, that line, if the O-line can control the tempo and, and dominate, uh, dominate the trenches, it's going to be a good day for the Bearcats overall. Yeah, the, the more I look at the matchup, you know, the untrained eye, and I'm going into this as a Bearcat fan thinking, okay, we're built defensively to match up with this SMU offense. We're, we're extremely confident in our secondary. It's the strength of the team. The defensive line's been performing at a really high level. So if you pair pressure on the quarterback with playmakers in the secondary, you feel great about what's going to happen on that side of the ball. It sounds so cliche and so simple. It feels like this game comes down to, does Desmond Ritter continue to struggle with turnovers? Is he, you know, he's got four interceptions in three games against subpar competition. You know, we've played Austin P, Army, and South Florida to date. And that's not, those are not teams that should be giving you problems. So if he continues to struggle, if we hand the ball over to SMU in favorable positions, the game may be as simple as that from where I'm sitting. Yeah, and just to, to, to piggyback off of that, SMU is a team that loves the takeaway from a defensive standpoint. That's why I say bend but don't break. You know, this is a, a team that can uh, – a defense that can start on, on the 20-yard line, get all the way down to the other 20-yard line, and then make, it, make a play like an interception or a fumble to, to you know, totally uh, take back momentum. You know, this is an SMU team, an SMU defense, uh, I believe in the last – in the last 29 games, and I, I want to say that, and, and don't quote me on this, but in the last 29 games, 27 of them uh, have involved takeaways. So I mean, you, you know, this is this is something that that the defense truly, truly thrives on, and they're looking for that big play, not just because uh, SMU loves to do the bottle the bottle service celebration when they when they make the the takeaway. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys know about it, but uh, uh, they have they basically literally pop champagne bottles, uh, bottles. special nice. yes yeah, special specialized champagne bottles, uh, and then they they throw confetti on the sidelines. So I mean, you know, it's it's a pretty cool little little deal, and the whole team gets involved, the crowd gets involved. And, um, you know, the, the more takeaways happen, the more bottles are popped. But, um, you know, if, if uh, Ritter wants to uh, shut down club takeaway take for, for COVID reasons, so to speak, then, um, you know, by all means, take care of the ball, get it in the end zone for the Bearcats, and, uh, you know, make sure that defense is, uh, uh, is without turnovers. Please tell me that they every time they force a turnover, not only are they popping bottles, but they're playing that song in the background. Lil Wayne, Birdman, <laughs> is that playing in the background? Is that happening? I don't think it's, 
I don't think it's playing in the background. Uh, I, I, I think uh, everybody's just so excited because when they see the bottle, they know what's getting ready to happen and the fans know what's happening. So, you know, a lot of fans totally forget that, oh, yeah, your offense is back on the field. And a lot of them will miss first down. Some of them will miss second down because they're still uh, enjoying time with the <laughs> with the with the defense on the sidelines, you know. And but uh, it's really become a thing over there. And, uh, you know, it's 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 actually become a good recruiting tool, a good marketing tool. So, uh, you know, tip of the hat to to the, the creative team over there. I think it's worth asking. I think one of the variables we haven't talked about, and this is probably the most important factor going into Saturday, is will the student section make it through the game? I did hear or read that the student section was escorted off the, out of the field for one of these games because of uh, an inability to adhere to COVID protocols. Is that correct? Yeah, it was the, the Memphis game. So, um, you know, for those who who don't know, SMU has a grassy knoll uh, on the on the – in the end zone, and that's where a lot of the, a lot of the students love to sit when watching the games, and it makes for a good environment. Um, but uh, with, with with COVID, you, I mean, it's, you just have to abide by the rules. You have to wear your mask. You have to social distance. And you know, this was a situation where the students weren't wearing their mask. They were very very compact, and. The, uh, the Dallas officers took action and they basically uh, they basically told told the uh, the students that they had to leave they had to escort them away from the note so um, uh, you know it's this this is this is something that we all have to understand that if we want college football as a whole to work we're gonna have to put ourselves second at times. And this is one of those deals where you can't say, well, what about my rights? What about this? I mean, it's none of this is political. Uh, none of this is, you know, about rights or this, that, whatever. It's just about, it's about human safety. It's about simply uh, abiding by the rules. And we want to, we want to keep our athletes healthy. You know, everybody wants a football season. Okay. Well, let's, let's do what we've got to do to keep these guys healthy and uh, you know, not, having not abiding by the COVID rules, it's, it's not a good look, but at the same time, I, I think a lot of the students, uh, you know, have, have totally understood that they've learned their lesson. You know how it is, man. I mean, when, you're, when anyone, when you're 18 through 22, sometimes you feel untouchable until you're actually touchable. And I'm glad, you know, I'm just glad I'm not in college right now because I would be a moron. <laughs> like I'll, I'll well, just throw it out I, there. Just, I would be, I'd be an idiot. And, it would be, it's hard, you know, it's, it's, hard. it's, it's hard, especially when you're at that age, you don't really, you, know, you said you think you're invincible and almost that the rules at times don't apply to you. That's why they, they the term, ex, uh, the phrase young and dumb exist, uh, because when you're young, you don't have that experience. And right now, you know, we're, we're, we're at that age where we, we recognize it's important to protect your neighbors. It's important exactly. to protect other people. It's not necessarily about yourself and, you know, f- football in that sense, it's the same thing. This is a, this is about, getting these games being able to be played and if in a safe environment and you're just got to do your part. I think it's a lesson learned. They're, they're fine. They're going to be okay. And uh, should be a really, really good student crowd for Saturday. And uh, they're going to be treated to a, to a very, very good game. Should be entertaining. Proof of consequence solves a lot of problems. I think it is a huge game. Um, not just for the Bearcats who have, you know, loft, lofty, ex, lofty expectations for the season, but I looked at SMU's schedule after the Cincinnati matchup, Navy, 
Temple, Tulsa, Houston, East Carolina. Dreams of an undefeated season if you can get through Cincinnati, which I don't think you will. But there's reason to be excited with SMU this year, for sure. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the one person who isn't buying any of any of that, uh, you know, the undefeated season, the one person who's not buying it is Sonny Dykes because after Cincinnati, if SMU can 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 pull that win, they've still got to play a, a, a Navy team that 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 looks like it's trying to get back on track. Uh, you know, they've got to go to Philadelphia to take on a, a Temple team that's that's uh, that's improved. Tulsa's always a, a struggle for SMU, and now they have to play them on the road. And you know, Houston feels like uh, they feel like they owe SMU uh, a couple of things after last year. So. Uh, you know, and then of course you end the you end the year on the road against East Carolina. This it's not a guarantee. I mean, it's far from a guarantee to to finish the year uh, eleven and zero. But um, you know, it is definitely doable. SMU they, they've got to have everything go their way. The offense has to click. The defense has to make plays. The special teams. I think the special teams right now is the is the most reliable unit of the three. And that's it's weird to say because. Last year, that was, I mean, you had the offense, number one, the defense, a distant second, and the special teams was, you know, if you can put the special teams as like the most distant third possible, I think you would still put them two spots behind that. It was that bad. So, I mean, this is a this is a team that understands that, they understand that while people think they're good, they're not good enough to take nights off. And that's what I like about them. They understand that, yeah, we're, we're not the Clemsons of the world. We're not the Alabamas of the world. We're SMU. We're still building, and we've got to play each and every game like it is our last game uh, of the season. We cannot go out and lay an egg for anybody. Tulane was a, was a perfect re- reality check for them because they're supposed to, you know, they're supposed to beat beat Tulane pretty handily. And as we as we saw, that didn't happen. They needed overtime, so. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be one of those deals where they're gonna have to play Cincinnati very, very well. And if they win, it'll be a great win. But they've still got five more games to go, and and to go six and zero, oh, if they're not on point, they can easily finish six and five. And that's that's something that they don't want, uh, especially with the type of season that they're having right now. Didn't take the bait at all for getting overhyped at my no, hypothetical. We, you didn't take the bait at all. We can't do it. Can't do it because uh, I, I, I'm telling you, this team understands, and, and I understand too because I, I've I've seen them. They understand that while they are a good football team, they are definitely beatable, and they get that. And that's what I like about them because there, you, there's no banana in the tailpipe with these guys. They understand that uh, <laughs> if we don't play the way that we expect to play somebody's going to come in and punch us in the mouth. And that's what I love about them. They don't want Cincinnati coming in, uh, especially especially with, a, I believe, that what is it now, uh, seven games now? I believe they're on a seven-game home winning streak. The last thing they want is for Cincinnati to, to end that, that that winning streak. You know, they, they played very, very well in the last two years at Gerald J. Ford Stadium. They don't want Cincinnati coming in, uh, you know, ruining the streak. And if they beat Cincinnati, they don't want Navy coming in the following week ruining the streak. So, but they understand. They they totally get that uh, they can be an 11 and 0 team, go to a bowl and get destroyed by somebody. They totally understand that. So they're going to play as if they're an 0 and 11 team, 
always looking for respect. They're going to play like they're they're the underdog each and every game. That's what I like about this team compared to last year. Last year's team, they were still trying to figure out uh, how to how to act as a winning football team. This year's team, they're a winning team, and they understand that they're not an elite team, if you know what I'm saying. So, I mean, it, 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 it's it's really humbling. It's really cool seeing it. And, um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm ready to see what happens with these guys on, on Saturday because Cincinnati is an excellent football team. Well, I appreciate it, Damon. That's great insight into SMU. I uh, really appreciate the feedback about the program. Can you, uh, can you send us off here with an official prediction for the game on Saturday? I will predict. So uh, I gave my prediction to our, our, our rivals guy, Cincinnati rivals guy, Jason Stam. And um, I told him 37, 34 was my final score um, SMU. And they, they are all about finishing these close games. They're playing, they played their last three games to three points. Uh, Chris Nagar, uh, you know, kicked game winning field goals in both of them. And why not go for three in a row, Chris? You know, I mean, the SMU's played five games so far. Chris Nagar has been the AAC Special Teams Player of the Week four out of five games. So why not go ahead, get, go, get five for six, get a game-winning field goal, and, uh, you know, if it happens, you got to bring me back on just so I can say I told you so. And I won't say <laughs> anything else. And we'll leave it alone. We'll leave it alone. But, uh, yeah, 37-34, that's my, that's my prediction. Um, would not be surprised one bit if Cincinnati comes in and just dominates would not be surprised because, uh, again, we don't know what team is going to show up with SMU. I'm expecting the team that wants to, to be super competitive to show up, but this is also a team that, uh, I don't want to say they're due for, for a setback, but it's just one of those deals where if Cincinnati comes in and they're on, they're clicking on all cylinders, clicking on all cylinders, I, I can see something bad happening with SMU. Now, obviously, me as their as a beat writer, I don't want to see that happen, you know, because it makes for better makes for better writing when when they win because uh, everybody's happy. But yeah, Although people gonna, do like people do like hate reading articles. So I, okay. I was yeah. I was about to say though, if you're giving the Bearcats 34 <laughs> points. I am you know, with our offense. Uh, I'm just going to, that means we're having a really good day on offense. So I'm, I'm shooting us, us the 37 and our defense comes in and puts a stop to SMU's offense, which means you guys score 34. I think the score is reversed. I think this cat, the cats come away with the victory. We surge into the top six after the Buckeyes lose to, to lose to Nebraska week one and <laughs> pure fantasy college football. Oh, <laughs> oh, Hummer, my, my friend putting faith in Nebraska. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go on the record and say this is going to be the worst case scenario for SMU and the Bearcats are gonna win this one. 31-17. Dez finally gets on track. We don't turn the ball over. Defense does its thing, and it's a pretty uh emphatic victory for the Bearcats. We'll touch you, base you, with you, Damon. We'll see what happens. Hey, absolutely. You, you, you know, there's that one Nebraska fan that's probably on right now, and they're probably just sitting there like, hey, what did we do to, to, to deserve <laughs> that we, you know we what they we did anything they backed out of they were supposed to play us this year and they backed out of the matchup that's what they did they didn't show yeah. up blame it yeah. on the big 10 all you want you could find a time to play us scott frost <laughs> Soft. i love it i love it there, there's still some animosity there so that 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 you know what and rightfully so i'm all for it. all right all damon we appreciate it sir thank you for yeah, joining the you. cincy slang and bearcat hey. podcast thanks guys i appreciate you take it easy yes sir